0: If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean, touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. It is time for another episode of the Band Hive podcast. My name is James Cross. I'm not here with Aaron Jingris or Matt Hose today. Instead, I have a very special guest, Steve Martin, who is the mastermind behind Ascending Everest, a ambient neoclassical solo project. How are you doing today, Steve?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. How about
0: yourself? That's wonderful to hear, and uh, I'm also doing well, thank you. And uh, it's great to have you here because we've known each other for a few years uh, with various musical projects that you've been involved in. We've been chatting about your mixes and what you're doing on SubmitHub, which this episode is going to be all about maximizing your return on investment on SubmitHub. Before we dive in, though, I wanted to say, please, if you aren't already subscribed to the Bandhive podcast in your favorite podcasting app— do that now. We release a new episode every single Tuesday, either with an interview with great people like Steve or Matt, my co-host and I, will go in and talk about a topic that we both think artists need to know about. So you can either subscribe in whatever app you're listening on right now, or if you're on our site, there'll be subscribe buttons for the major platforms. Now, Steve, do you want to give us a little bit of background on your musical journey and how Ascending Everest came about and what you're doing with that project?
1: Sure, yeah. So it it kind of starts a bit before that, probably a couple of years before that. In fact, I'll go way back. I've been writing music since I was about 18, something like that. Never really made a a big deal of it. Had one nice break um, where I got a bit of exposure for something. Kind of thought, right, I'll try to take this seriously now. So started putting some stuff together Turned out, I'm not the most talented of people at production. Naturally, I think James will probably uh, agree with that one. Um, but it got me into it. I started making music, started um, submitting stuff as a few different artists. I then got into Ascending Everest a while later, as I started to kind of move away from move away from rock for a while because I wanted to try and actually perfect the I say perfect the craft, get just at all good at it. So I I then started working on some piano and ambient work, which is where Ascending Everest came in. And I kind of picked the name on the basis that I do feel a bit like I'm trying to climb a mountain and a much bigger one than uh, that I would expect to. So it's, yeah, it's a big challenge. Um, But yeah, that's where I've had the most success so far. Um, And yeah, I'm now moving back towards uh, rock again. I've got a new project coming out in... I don't know exactly when this is going to be airing, so I, can, I can't entirely say, but probably a couple of months from, from now, I should have a new project out called Control Center, where I'm going back to the rock. And uh, yeah, hopefully with a much higher standard.
0: Okay, very cool. And uh, the episode's airing on February 9th, so just about uh, two weeks from today. Okay, awesome. But yeah, so it's cool to hear that you're kind of bringing things full circle, having gained the experience with production as well as SubmitHub on all your projects, but especially Ascending Everest, that you're going to turn it around and bring it back to the rock world. And I'm really excited to hear how that turns out. I know I've heard a couple of snippets, and I think it'll be really cool to hear the full tracks when they're ready. So for those of you listening who haven't heard of SubmitHub, SubmitHub is a site that's dedicated to easily connecting artists, managers, labels, or anyone else who wants to submit a song to tastemakers uh, including bloggers, Spotify playlisters, YouTubers, social media influencers, and uh, even other record labels. If you're looking for a label, you can sometimes get conversations started there. It's a very simple system. You can submit music for free, or you can submit using premium credits, which basically means you pay $1, 2 or $3 to send in a song. And the advantage there is that you have a guaranteed response within 48 hours, and that includes at least 10 words of written feedback unless you say you don't want feedback. And so that way you know why you're getting rejected, which is better than you know sending out a cold email that never gets a response and you're not going to get coverage because so many people have thousands of emails hitting their inboxes every week. It's just bonkers. It's really an outdated system to send someone an email saying, hey, please share my song. That doesn't really work anymore unless you're an established artist, unfortunately. But so SubmitHub is there to help make it, easier for tastemakers and people who are submitting music to connect. That's essentially what SubmitHub does. Now, Steve, the average approval rate for SubmitHub when you're using Premium is 20%. But from what I gather from our previous conversations, you're able to consistently get results that are quite a bit better than that. Can you tell us about what your most successful campaign was? Like, how? Uh, what did you do for that campaign? How well did it turn out, and uh, how many shares did you get?
1: Okay, so um, I think there's a couple of points to start off with. If we're talking about 20%, that's going to be across the whole of um, SubmitHub, across all the different areas. I'd focused specifically on the blogs and curators side, so it's actually slightly better. The average there is 15%. Um, what I'd topped out at was 68% on the um, best campaign that I had. Now, the reason I say that that was a maximum is because when I get to that point, I would I would classify the different um, outlets according to sort of how well I thought I was suited to them at this time. You know, maybe they're at a, a higher level than I'm at currently, things like that. If I've got a track that's performing very well, then I'm more likely to try and push into those areas. So I'd say if I if a campaign ends at 68%, I probably then want to continue that a bit more. I want, I want to start seeing rejections across the board from, from people just in order to know, okay, now I've reached the limit with the track that I'm working with. In terms of actually what I would do, um, the biggest thing, and you'll see this from everyone on SubmitHub that's getting success, they'll always tell you it, it's super annoying, do your research. It feels like such a waste of time but it is incredibly incredibly useful to actually spend the time looking at all the people that you're submitting to what are their blogs like what are their playlists like what are potentially if you can work it out either from previous feedback that you've got from them or from their own outlet what are they like as people you know what what can you possibly say to them that's going to impress them what would you say that might turn them off anything like that any information that you can find out is good information to be able to have and you can start to work out how to classify them. You know, this this person doesn't listen for very long, doesn't give great feedback. There might still be, if, unless they approve a lot, you might want to say, "Well, actually, they're probably not the right person for me to submit to because I am not confident that they're going to approve what I am sending, and I am not going to get any any other use." Um, there might be people that are just that just only approve stuff that is really at the at the top level, and some people that are listening to this will be absolutely at that level, and you've got great sounding tracks, you're, you're having a lot of success. Other people, when you're just starting out, like like I would have been starting out and will be again soon, you start on the bottom rung of the ladder. And at that point, you're starting to think, well, okay, who's actually going to take an interest at this point in me? And that might, that might rule some people out, and that's totally okay. So yeah, what I would start to do is work out who's, who's at my level now, who are the kind of guaranteed people that i can submit to that are that i'm pretty sure are going to accept me who's maybe accepted me before who accepts a lot of a lot of tracks and then kind of categorize going up through the levels to stuff that's beyond me and then start submitting to all of the lower ones see how that goes and then kind of go go into those higher categories until i'm seeing the rejections go up so i think i think i finished at something like 50% on that campaign but that's because yeah, I was starting to get rejected by people. Um, so I normally spend uh, about uh, something like maybe 50 to 60 credits on a, a campaign like that. You probably spend more if you're in the rock world and you're trying to submit to a lot of people. In my in my area, there are slightly less um, potential curators. So yeah, I would probably look to go to maybe about 100 credits for a, a rock track that I was trying to push quite heavily but obviously not doing all of those at once. Like I say, starting off and then seeing how that progresses. The other thing that I found was really important was to be giving a decent quick pitch that was tailored to who I was actually contacting. The quick pitch is something that you would send as part of the uh, submission process, but it's just a short note where you can tell the curator something that they'd want to hear. What do you want to tell them that might improve your chances with that track? and if you're contacting i don't know 30 people if you tell them all the same thing that's a bit like sending out a generic covering letter for a job you've got the sort of your cv your resume that's your track that's the main thing but you want to call out stuff actually that's in your that's in your cv that this specific person is going to want to hear So instead of writing one in advance and then sending it out to everybody, write your quick pitch for an individual curator, thank them for previous coverage. If they've given you previous coverage, tell them how excited you are about their playlist or their blog. And of course you've actually got something that you can quote about that because you've done that research. So you have all of these ideas. If you put all of that into practice, I I wouldn't say that my tracks are by any means the best out there. But if you put that kind of thing into practice, that can significantly improve your return on your investment, effectively.
0: That sounds great. And that approach of starting small and then expanding your audience bit by bit actually reminds me a lot of how to run an effective Facebook ad. Because that's what people do, too, is they will run a Facebook ad and start with a small core group that they're targeting, and then they will expand that to a larger and larger audience until they see their conversion rates start to drop. So that, to me, is just like a whole new mindset. It's like, oh, that's exactly like running an ad. And in a way, that is what you're doing, except you're only targeting specific curators, but it's still an ad to them saying, hey, please check out my song. It sounds like, to boil it down into the very basics, step one is do your research. Step two is submit to your best targets, the people you think are most likely to approve it. Step three is expand it to a wider audience and then step four is to keep that going until you
1: see your approval rate start to drop. Is that right? Yes, I would add in a step zero though for that, which is work out what you actually want um, to achieve. Because submit hub's not necessarily gonna be the thing that makes you famous. It might, it might help you along the way, um, but it's not gonna be it's not gonna be the whole thing itself. It's gonna be part of an overall marketing strategy that you've got. So I think in order to be able to select who to target, um, are you interested in blogs, are you interested in curators, are you interested in influencers or anybody else, you should have an idea of where you're looking to get to. Is it a number of streams that you're looking to get? Is it social media improvements? In order to be able to do any of the rest of the stuff, to research curators or whatever, you should know what you're actually looking for so that you can make that research valuable. After that, everything you said, exactly right.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually a great addition. Having solid goals will help anyone so far in their musical career. It's really amazing how many people say, I want to be famous. I want to be a rock star. It's like, okay, well, what goals are you going to hit to get there? Like, if you don't have smaller sub goals set up, you're just going to feel dejected and discouraged that you're not a rock star in a week, you know? So I, I think that's a great addition there because you're absolutely right. Submit not for everyone. And even for the people it is, like you're saying, different strategies will come in and be the best strategy for you. To follow up on that, since you touched on how many credits you would typically be spending, how many curators would you typically say that's for? Because curators can be you know, one, two, or three credits. Are you submitting mostly in the first round to smaller curators? And then as you're widening that net that you're casting, you're going to the higher spending curators? Or how? how do you decide... Or does that not even factor in? Do you care if
1: they're one, two or three credits? Um, I do to a degree because obviously a two credit curator should be giving me value according to what I'm looking for of twice as much as a, a one credit curator. In practice, they're not always going to work out quite the same. So it's not the only thing I look at. I rarely submit to three credit curators for anything, just because I kind of feel if someone's saying that they're dev feed is going to be this valuable to you to to get onto, whether this is a blog or a a playlist or whatever, if it's that valuable, it's either not going to be worth it for me, or it's going to be worth it, but I'm unlikely to actually get in. So I put them right at the top, and I would say I'm not really in that category. The few times where I have tried submitting to those, it has kind of borne that out, and that's okay. But for anyone that's kind of one to two, doesn't matter at all if they've approved me in the past, and I think... I'm about right for this, then yeah, I'll definitely go with them again either way. Yeah. So if we're talking about, say, probably talking 30 to 40 curators, if we're talking 50 to 60 or 70 um, credits, something like that, because quite a number of them are two credits these days, I think that's also increasing over time. Um, so some of my some of my earliest campaigns, I managed to submit with one credit to people that are now accepting two, but that's also okay because their um, their reach has increased. So now it's going to be more valuable to me. I think the other thing to bear in mind is about how much you're actually looking to get back. If you're, for example, looking at it in terms of streams, then you would think one credit is roughly the same as $1. You can get it a bit discounted. um, You probably will. But at the same time, if you just think about that like that, then you're talking for each credit that you spend, if you were going to get a return on that investment, you're looking at minimum 250 to 300 streams. Assuming we're just talking Spotify, because that's the easiest one to be able to work out numbers on, et cetera. It's not the only streaming service out there, uh, and hopefully you'll get streams on other ones as well from it. But if you're looking at that, you're looking 250 to 300, but that's 250 to 300 for each credit you spend, not for each approval that you get. So it's useful to factor in, in mind. How many you actually need to get um, at say a fifteen percent or a twenty percent approval rate? Because you're actually going to need to get a lot more streams in order to get that back, and that's okay. You probably won't at first uh, because you're getting stuff um, in other ways, but it's important to kind of factor that in as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I and mean, especially seeing that typical fifteen to twenty percent approval rate, that means that if you're getting approved, let's say one in five times to make it easy, and you're only submitting to one credit curators, you're going to be spending five credits per approval. So it does add up quite a bit, but it's still, you know, when you're doing the math, it all has to work out. Again, like you're saying, Steve, the goal that you have will also come into play with this. So there are so many different ways that an artist can use SubmitHub, but I do think that you're absolutely right. Using it in a way that makes financial sense is so important because we see artists spray and pray and just submit their song to, you know, maybe every curator on the platform. I don't know, but lots of them. And it'll turn out that it's like a folk rock song being submitted to a hard rock blog. It's like, that's, did you even listen to what this blog does? So it's really incredible to see how sometimes people just think that if they spam everyone with it, and it's not spam, but if they spam everyone with it, that they'll get better results. So knowing that, do you have a target approval percentage for your campaigns that if you don't hit this initial goal, then you say, okay, scrap that campaign, we're gonna go with a different song?
1: I would do, but I tend to work that out on the individual song basis. So for some of them, I might think, okay, this one is gonna be more marketable than another one. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to try and market some of the less marketable tracks. But yeah, at this at this point, um, you know, like I said, I had the high of 68%. I wouldn't look for something like that again. I'd look for I'd try to set myself quite low targets because I want to be able to hit them and kind of feel confident going forward. So I'd probably look to be at about 30% and I'd go from there kind of saying, Oh great, I'm hitting, I don't know, 50%. This is a really enjoyable campaign. But if I'm if I'm at about the 30% mark, I know I'm above average. And I also prefer to target it in terms of some of the the individual curators themselves. So, uh, or it's the, the levels of curator. So am I just getting ones in that kind of, in that set of bankers that I had already? Am I getting them from that next group up where I'm, maybe I'm making a new connection with someone? If someone didn't approve me in the past, they now have. That's a, a networking connection for the future that I've got. Am I breaking into a new area, in which case that in itself is valuable? So I might target, okay, I want to get another couple of curators that haven't previously approved me. That's maybe more important than the the overall number of them when I'm playing the long game of trying to build up a series of connections and people who like me and want to approve stuff in the future.
0: You're playing the long game. Rather than focusing on that single campaign, you're saying, I might not get it this time, but then they know my name for next time,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to know it and they're hopefully going to have a positive interaction with me, even if they didn't enjoy the music and they didn't want to share it. So I think it's almost like um, it's like the marketing of yourself generally trying to get your name out to potential fans that might not even hear your stuff right now, but they know of you for the future. The curators are going to hear about you in the same way. They're going to think, oh, this person, well, this one wasn't very good, but okay." I'd like to approve him if he's got something good in the future, rather than I didn't really like what he did before. So I'm not so interested now. Because I would say curators are, and you might correct me if, um, if I'm wrong on this, but I would say curators are normally looking to reject rather than looking to approve, just because there's so much good music out there. So you're looking for the things that are wrong with a track. Anything that you can do that is going to make them not like you as much, that's going to be a big thing to try and avoid.
0: Yeah, I think it really depends on the curator. I can't speak for all curators, but I know for me, it really comes down to the first impression. So if an artist sends in a song that has a 45 second intro and the song hasn't even kicked in yet, I'm like, okay, this shouldn't be your single. This should be like an album cut. And I I said it on a past episode, some of my favorite songs are deep cuts from an album with really long intros and just wonderfully beautifully crafted music, but I would never approve it on SubmitHub because it's not a single, you know? If somebody's submitting a song on SubmitHub, it should be a single that just kicks people in the face right away. You know, it's like, boom, here's the song. And obviously for different genres, that'll be different. But in hard rock and metal and punk, you want that song to start off with 90% energy and reach 110% by the end of the song. And that's Really, how to hook a curator, at least in my opinion, but again, I can't speak for all curators. I only run one blog. so <laughs> but yeah, overall, I, I think you're right. it's it comes down to if people don't have that solid first impression, then they're looking for what they can say as a reason to decline it.
1: Absolutely. I think that also it leads neatly to something else that I was um, hoping to mention, which was about the um, more than just the quick pitch, the overall look of your profile and the tracks details that you've uploaded those do make a difference they're not something that people will just immediately look at but if someone's a little bit on the fence and they see that you've got something that looks reasonably professional in what you've written that's going to definitely work in your favor and one of the best ways to try and work this out is actually to use the hot or not feature on submit hub and the reason behind that is if you're listening to tracks in your own genre uh, in fact i should maybe describe what it is it's a way that you can rate other people's tracks and have them rate yours and this is a user to user thing rather than a user to curator so you're getting potentially uh, you're getting artists perspectives which are maybe going to be a bit more favorable than curators normally but it's still useful for feedback and you can click through if there's anything that sounds like your kind of music and it's in your genre click through and see who's approving it if you see that this is being approved by a lot of the people that you want to submit to, you know this person is doing something right. So, what are they doing right? Is it that they've got a, a profile that stands out more than yours? Do they do something different on the track that maybe you don't do? Um, do they have, well, there can be any number of reasons why. And then you can see that on a number of these going forward. And you can try and work out what do all of these people do that I don't do because they get better success with the people I want to target. It's an easier way than going through the popular charts on there and trying to see what's getting a lot of, lot of approvals. You can specifically say, these are the people I'm targeting and they're approving this. So I'm going, to, I'm going to learn what this artist does differently.
0: That is pure genius right there. I would have never thought of that. That's amazing. I shouldn't be telling you this, should I? <laughs> <laughs> now everyone's going to do this and Hot or Not is just going to explode. <laughs> Oh yeah! I think that's an amazing tip right there because it just really opens it up. And yeah, it takes some time, but people can also earn credits from Hot or Not. So in a way, you're getting paid to do research for the music you want to submit. And then you have those extra credits from doing the research to submit the songs.
1: Absolutely right.
0: (laughs) Oh, hacking the system. That's amazing.
1: It pays to do your research quite literally.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, one other thing I want to touch on is that you're quite active in the SubmitHub community and in like the artist chat room and hot or not chat room and that kind of stuff. I've seen some artists talk about having issues with the platform. I'm sure you've noticed some mistakes that new users on the platform make repeatedly. Can you touch on a couple of
1: pitfalls that new users or even experienced users maybe should avoid? Yeah, sure. So Let's go with a few of the really simple ones. To start off with, as I was saying earlier, try to make a good impression. If someone doesn't approve your track, you're probably not going to be very happy. But that doesn't mean you want to leave them a negative rating, because then they're not going to like you in the future. My personal approach is I don't rate anybody straight away. I always wait a while because whenever a decline comes through, I'm annoyed. And I've gone through to rate People uh, rate people's declines when they decline me with a standard credit. So there was never even any feedback. I've got no reason to to rate them at all. I've still wanted to rate them low because they declined me. Because they must be evil if they did that. They're not. <laughs> but wait a little bit of time, and you'll probably feel better, and you can choose what you actually want to say about them. That'll improve your relationships going forward. Otherwise, I think one of the biggest things is people not knowing what they're looking to achieve thinking, oh, I'm going to get thousands of streams because this person averages offering maybe a lot of streams. And if you actually were to look at the individual playlists that they have available, it might be that you're submitting them, say, a punk song, but their best performing playlist in terms of monthly listeners is indie rock. And they have a big punk playlist, but it doesn't have as much engagement. So be aware of that. Don't just say, oh, they get this many streams, so that's what I'm going to get. So don't necessarily just expect that to happen. Oh, what else is a common mistake that people are making? I think generally they all all fall under the category of not doing enough research or not knowing what you're trying to do to begin with. Maybe also trying to spread themselves too thinly. Like, are you looking for curators? Are you looking for blogs? Are you looking for influencers? Um, You'll see artists complaining about all of those groups as being useless and... They all can be useless if you're not targeting them right. And they all can be useful if you're targeting them in the right way as part of your overall marketing. So yeah, work out what you're looking for. If you want great write-ups, you want bloggers. You're not going to get a great write-up from an influencer most of the time because they're posting something on an Instagram story or whatever. It's, It's not going to be the same thing as having something just out there that's giving you credibility. If you're looking for streams, you're going for a curator straight away because that's how you're going to immediately get people to a paid platform like that. Yeah, overall know know what you're doing and that will be that'll be a huge detail, a huge thing that you can do. Yeah, when you send out the same quick pitch to everybody, that's not going to work. It's a real pain to create 30 separate campaigns for 30 curators and it will feel at the time like it's not worth it in the slightest. It will be worth it. It'll be hard to measure that it's worth it, but it will be worth it. I'll give you one other tip that is something that I do which won't work for anyone that likes to keep their inbox 100% clean. You'll receive an email when your campaign is submitted. You'll receive another email if you get approved or if you get declined. Obviously, I have a folder for all of those. SubmitHub is so depressing a place at times because there is so much rejection. I mean, if we're saying 20% of submissions get rejected, that, sorry, it'd get accepted, that means four times out of five for every interaction with the site, it's a negative one. So whenever I get a decline through, I'll look at it, look at the feedback, try and learn whatever I can from that. But I haven't really talked about that very much so far, learning from feedback. If a curator actually tells you something, that's useful. Learn from that and try and see where there are patterns. But um, yeah, I'll file the decline away neatly in the email folder, and if I get an approval, I'll just leave that in my inbox just sitting there so that there's never too much negativity when I when I go and look there. And that, that just helps me stay with a more positive mindset about things, which, again, is going to help me with all the rest of the, the work that I'm doing at the time. I think that's a really good idea because you can then
0: also sort it by approvals and have a folder for approvals and a folder for declines. And just when you need a pick-me-up, go look through the approvals. Or when you're doing your research, go through the declines. That's actually... A really great idea as well. You're just dropping knowledge bombs here left and right, Steve.
1: <laughs> oh well, the thing is I've tried and failed a lot of times. And the great thing about it is you do learn with something like this how to improve it. So if you if you do this enough times, you will start to learn even if you're even if you're not good at it. To give you a, a rough idea, I think my first campaigns that I did. I had about 7% and then 11% approvals. And then I moved into the piano area. I got 14% of my first stuff. So that's reasonably similar to what I was getting before. And then I could learn a bit more. I got to about 35% and then to the high of 68%. So it did come with time. And that for me, that took years, but I didn't have someone just explaining all the things that we've just talked about on here. So hopefully for everyone that's listening, they can actually they can make some of those jumps a little bit quicker. Unless you're competing with me for exposure, in which case, try and forget this briefly. But um, <laughs> no, overall, I think these things really do help to um, to jump up from that 7% to closer to 70
0: Yeah. Well, I have a feeling I know what you're going to answer to this next question. If you had one piece of advice, the most important piece of advice to give to artists who want to use SubmitHub, what would it be?
1: I've said this a few times already, haven't I? Do the research. Spend your time on there and spend way more time than you think is sensible or healthy. <laughs> Look at it and you should know as much as you possibly can before you make that submission. Um, because once you press the button, your credits are are gone. Yeah, you've, you've sent something out, you've spent the money. Technically, if you cancel a campaign, you can get that back if people haven't already approved or declined it. Feel free to do that if you feel it's performing really badly. But otherwise, once you've hit send, you know that's it. It's now out there and people are going to review it. Before that point, you can be doing as much research as you want and you can get the best possible idea. And that's no guarantee that it's going to succeed, but it puts you in the best possible position. And why wouldn't you want to be in the best position when you click that button?
0: Yeah, and I think that just goes to show how important the research is, because I thought that's what you were going to say. And that's the third time you've brought it up. So that shows like, if you do your research on SubmitHub, that is how to find better success. Now, obviously, the songs have to be good too, but you can greatly increase your approval rates by doing the proper research. That's what Steve keeps coming back here to say. So please, anyone who's listening, if you are on SubmitHub, do your research. If you are now curious about SubmitHub, do your research and submit. Give it a shot. See what happens, you know, do the research and put your music out there. The worst thing that can happen is you're out, you know, 20 or 30 bucks if you start small. SubmitHub is a great tool to be part of your toolbox. It shouldn't be your only tool. You know, you don't go to build a house with just a hammer. You know, you have so many different tools to build a house, but you still need a hammer. So, go to SubmitHub and Try to make that part of your toolbox and see how it works out for you. Steve, to wrap things up, where can people find your music? Where would you like people to go?
1: So, whatever streaming platform you like, you can find me as Ascending Everest. Um, hopefully, soon you'll be able to find me as Control Center as well with the new rock project. So, if you feel like waiting, wait for that. Otherwise, if you want to check out some piano and ambient, yep, Ascending Everest everywhere. Thank you so much,
0: Steve, for coming to talk about your SubmitHub strategies. I think it's going to be really helpful for all the artists listening to the podcast. So thank you very much. Being a real pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You too. That does it for another episode of the Bandhive Podcast. Big thanks to Steve Martin of Control Center and Ascending Everest for taking the time to talk about his SubmitHub strategies. We hope it's really helpful to you so that you can go out and find just one more tool for your toolbox to promote your music. SubmitHub has a great built-in chat community on their site, so if you have any questions, feel free to hop on over there, and before we go, I just wanted to say, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Bandhive podcast in your favorite podcast app. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 6 a.m. about navigating the music industry. And if you found this episode helpful, I know you'll find our other episodes helpful as well. So next Tuesday, 6 a.m., bright and early, our next episode will be dropping. Until then, I hope you have a great week. Stay safe. And of course, as always, keep rocking. Hey you, yeah you, with the headphones or the speakers, you've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the BandHive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the BandHive Facebook community.